So, let me tell you something that you should have already realized by now about this fucking show you're listening to. This shit is supposed to be for mature audiences. As in grown-ups, mentally mature. It's supposed to talk about adult subjects in an adult frame of mind. It's not fucking that at all. This is two emotionally regressed, broken half-wits pretending to offer insight on movies. All they really offer you is an endless sexual perversion and a laundry list of personal paraphilia issues. You can make your own choices in life, but you have to choose this as entertainment. You know you're better than this. You have to know you are better than listening to Cinema Psyops.
Welcome to the 356th consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy that is super stoked to be able to tell you that we are done with the Sadako-only films as of this recording, and super stoked about that exact same piece of information all the way across the city of Omaha as my co-host, Matt. If I had to see one more fucking ring, I was just going to fucking blow out my own O-ring. Oh, whatever you do, do not open your email from me that I just sent. Wait until you're ready to see another ring. Oh, no. Is it your O-ring? And did you blow your O-ring out? (laughs) I told you, stop straining. Just let it happen when you're on the pot. (laughs) No, I just thought you'd like to see a picture of my butthole. Oh. Oh, all right. Well, that's fine then. Total fucking clip. That's that's a clip. That's a different clip. All right. So, by the way, that's all you had to say. Yeah. (laughs) But yours is weird. It's more of a rectangle. I don't know what you got going on back there, but. (laughs) (laughs) It was an accident with one of those Play Doh sets. I'd rather not get into it. (laughs) What'd you try to fit the square peg or the round peg? Yeah, I got you. No, it was one of those extruder things, and I got it stuck because I wanted to make different shapes. I got bored with the same old round. You know what? I don't blame you. And if they made those for adults now, we'd probably use them. Everybody just turned off the podcast because of the scatological humor that we've been dishing out right there. Everybody is like, fuck this. You know what? That guy at the beginning is right. I am too good for this shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then they, then after they turn off for three minutes, they go, wonder if they're still talking about poop. And they go right back to listening. <laughs> for those of you that stuck with us the entire time right after that, and for those of you that have stuck with us for the last fucking seven years, thank you. You mean the world to us. You really do. You're the real cool kids. There you go. Okay, so this week, Sadako 2019. This is interesting. We talked about it last week. This is the Ring Zero, Ring One, Ring Two storyline. And this is a direct sequel in the films to Ring Two. And there's a direct tie-in that the film makes very very obvious and tells you where it ties in. Uh, okay. I'm, uh, 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 right. Wait, say that again. Sure. Ring two. This is the yeah. direct sequel to ring two. I got you. Okay. Because there is a direct tie in to ring two. There are characters from ring two that show up in here beyond just Sadako. Really? Yeah. The crazy lady's one, right? The obsessive crazy lady is one of them. Yes. That's one of the main yeah. stories, but also locations of where Sadako came from and things that the are locations. Only, there's also yeah. locations that tie the story together. And then also there's some other folks from Sadako's life on the island and some actually this is sort of like a trilogy rule of story in that we learn things about the past that we didn't even know that had happened and it completely rewrites a lot of what's going on and what we know about Sadako as well in the All way right. that the well, storyline works. You're so. going to have to do a lot of that explaining. Sure. I'm going sure. to tell you why. I'm okay. going to tell you hardcore why. Yeah. Today's notes are going to be a fucking mess. Yeah. Okay. Because I couldn't understand jack shit. So oh. if you understood it, you're a better man than I. Alright. So you just need to give us the actions of what is happening between the, like when the scenes are going on like when people around the rooms and the stuff that you were able to see. I have become an expert in reading direct translated language because of the factory job that I had where there were products that were made in China that they would Mm -hmm. print up manuals that were just direct translations to English. And then we would have to either punch them up or just live with what we got. And anyone who's ordered a product from Amazon that has that same type of instructions where someone just imports it and resells it to you with those same instructions, you know what I'm talking about, where it's a direct translation and it doesn't quite line up with the way that we do prepositional phrases. In this case, these fan subs that we've had to deal with, because I don't think you can see Sadako 2019 
seen here in the States. Um, this is another one of those movies where it's going to be get yourself a Hulu subscription in Japan and a VPN, pretty yeah. much. Um, All right. But what we're dealing with here is direct fan subs that I had to go out and find after I went out and found the video file for us to be able to watch. It, I got you. It matches up and the story is there, but these these uh, subtitles are fan subs that are literally direct, and I mean directly translated. And unfortunately, they do. They misgender characters all the fucking time. I was paying attention and just neutraling the gender verbs and trying to pay attention to the person they were talking about because it was all over the place. One minute it's big sister, then it's little sister, then it's or, or little brother, yeah. then it's big brother, and then it's little brother. And Even they're when they're telling stories, like this, the the sexist say get over because you know I knew that was coming. Just any story they told got lost to me. I'm just like, no, I got nothing left for this. <laughs> Right. So I made sure, again, Matt, that I paid very close attention to the dialogue, mm-hmm. right? And all of the story elements that um, that they're going back and telling from the past is stuff that we have all seen before. And you can tell by what you're seeing that this is stuff that you've seen before from the past, but they just expanded on certain things here and there. So again, I will try my best to be able to explain the dialogue whenever I can, but we're working with that kind of thing. And you know what? It's a perfect way to end this because this level of like just weird frustration at a film where we still kind of enjoyed it. I, I'm getting the sense that you still thought it was a well-made film. You just couldn't understand it. And it's because our fucking subtitles just didn't work for us. And it's the it best It wasn't we could poorly do. made. I will say that. And because it's 2019, fairly modern looking, you know, yeah. So it wasn't poorly made, well, but it's also the same director that did. But Ring when you too. can't really understand a story other than the the gist of it, I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, I get it. But I, like I said, I'll be able to help, and you can say what happens and what events that you're seeing. And if it becomes quick, it becomes quick. But yeah. um, he, the, the director of the film, this film that we're talking about tonight, Sadako 2019, is the director of Ring and Ring Two. So he's coming back and sort of completing a trilogy with this. That's what I wanted to mention, right? Because this is now Ring 3. He didn't do Ring 0, but that doesn't matter because that's a prequel. What makes this, in my mind, a trilogy is again, when we come to the Sadako, they change some of what we know of in the past, and they actually reveal that Sadako was even more of a sinister and evil character than what we thought, and that there's even more reasons why she's bound to the supernatural. And there's some things that I saw in Ring 2 where I said, hey, you remember how this is much darker, where that's a a cave where they drown their children that are unwanted. Yeah. They flat out fucking tell you in Sadako 2019, yes, in fact, this is a cave where people drown the children they did not want. I I do have child death cave in there. Yeah. 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 So there's stuff like that that's in there. And if you you don't see that or anything like that, we'll just pause. I'll describe to you what it is that I was able to glom from the dialogue that I could make out from the subtitles. And I'll try and point you to the direction of this is tied directly into ring two here and that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Now to confuse everybody even more, this is supposed to be an adaption of the novel Tide, which is, as far as I understand, the last Ring novel, right? Yeah. Ryoji's nowhere in sight in this movie, so the story of it being based on Ryoji and tying directly into Loop and all of that kind of stuff, there's not really anything in this film that I can see. The only thing that I can kind of glom as to why people would say that this has something to do with Tide is because the ocean tide coming in and going out of this drowning cave is a big proponent of this story, and there's a lot of uh, symbolism behind that, I think. 
think, and the way that the director is portraying the ocean is almost a, a foreboding character. There's talk of, in the description of the novel, that one of the main characters becomes aware of the waves and tides of the motions of humans or something along those lines. So if there's some kind of a way that they're tying in to tide there, I guess that would kind of be it. But there is literally nothing that I've read in the description of the novel that feels like it's in this film. So it's kind of like how Ring 2 was a super loose adaptation of Razin or Spiral. Mm-hmm. This is a super <laughs> loose interpretation of Tide, if it is any way, shape, or form a interpretation of Tide. And I've seen people say that it is an adaptation, but I don't see where it's adapted, so it must be really loosely adapted. Well... Yeah, I've not read any of these books, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> right, and I'm not, even, and I have not read the books. What I'm telling you is just in the description to try and get an idea of what might be similar. So uh, I got you. I'm just saying I've seen the comparisons out there. I've seen people that have mentioned that. I'm wanting to tell our audience that I'm aware that that's a thing that people have said. But in the story that we are about to tell you, I do not see the description of what I read about the novel Tide. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Uh, other uh, other yeah. than the mo, that other than I'm gonna be 100 honest. I don't get what you're saying. Okay, we're so convoluted at this point at the very end i'm just happy it's fucking over <laughs> yeah this is a this series is definitely like a real thinking humans series like you really kind of have to like put I mean, it together you don't have to be real thinking it's just way too many stories all based around the same story so almost you have nothingness in the end yeah it, it it's not a thinking man story that's just uh god i just want to change shit all the way over because i have my own vision for how this should go again you watch them in order of release and as a person who is just watching them in order of release you become increasingly more befuddled and confused as to how this storyline is continuing and in what ways. I uh, Well, I'm not befuddled how the storyline's continuing, only because I never, even though I'm viewing them in order, I'm never viewing them as any one of these movies is actually in conjunction with a movie that came before it that I just watched. I ah. just assume it's happening in the same universe, and they're just changing the Sadako story constantly. <laughs> See, I think now that we're going through this series, and I think it's a good point to kind of discuss, because you bring up excellent points there, my friend. Um, If you were a person who was to watch this series in order from back to front, like let's say you even went so far as to see the 1995 TV version, got super stoked about that. And when you realized they were making a big budget uh, movie production of it, you wanted to go see that, you know, and you watched even say Spiral and all the other films, you watch them in order release as we've done for this show. The only way that you're really ever going to be able to like super enjoy them is to not try and pay attention to how these storyline continuities are supposed to work and what sequel ties to what and just think of it like you described, Matt. And if I'm going to paraphrase your words, I hope it's okay. Variations on the theme about the creation and or curse of Sadako. Yeah, there you go. That's basically what you have to view them as if you view them in the order of release because it's a confusing jumbled mess. But I promise you, if you watch them in the order that I laid out in that chart and you go all the way down, like when you like like we did and described for um, 1995 TV, Spiral, Sadako 3D, and Sadako 3D2. You know, if, like, like we said, if you do that, that storyline makes sense and sort of flows together somewhat because it does have some continuation. Same thing with these films, Ring Zero, Ring One, Ring Two, Sadako 2019. They do work together. Yeah. All right. <laughs> my, you know, I, I, I'll agree with you. I just, eh, I think it's because I, I, I'm fatigued on Sadako. Well, this, so, this is not. What the, you're saying is some great stuff. Uh-huh. I, 
I I just and you're right. We can watch it in this particular order and the order you have mapped out. Unfortunately, we didn't. Right. So no. I'm fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> right. The reason that you're so fucking done, Matt, is probably the reason why Sadako 2019 didn't do as well as they were hoping it would. Yeah. Oh, it didn't do as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because people were fucking Sadako fatigued at this point, and they just yeah. didn't know what to do with that information anymore. Huh. Well, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that you're befuddled and you're confused and a little bit angry and you're kind of tired of me talking about this series and you just want to be over with it so why don't we stop the patter here i can't i can't on. wait till the very end of the grudge series when i feel the same way about the grudge <laughs> let's hope it takes until the very end of the grudge series for that yeah right <laughs> It's going to be a long fucking summer. Yeah. Well, while Matt has a mini little long dark night of the soul gonna, thinking about that little piece of information. A little mini paperclips moment. We're going to have a right special now. message from the new owner, proprietor, and operator of Legion Podcasts, Kevin. And right after oh. that, our Legion Patreon ad. And following that, we're going to continue the theme. This week, we do have one band that has a female front person, I guess you would say, or a mm-hmm. singer. And the rest of the band is, is gentlemen, but the female singer is incredible and the rest of it is continuing with the theme i've been able to do since i've started it all female bands otherwise so we have at least a female fronted band and then an all-female band all japanese origin once again up first right after the legion patreon ad is dazzle vision seikondo hey everyone this is kevin as many of you probably have heard bo will be heading back to school to become a teacher congratulations bo As such, I'll be taking over the reins, managing, and spreading the good word of Legion Podcasts. To kickstart things off, as an added thank you for patrons in June, Legion plans to have Steam Code giveaways for current Patreon backers. A random person will be picked from the Patreon every other week or twice per month, and the winners can choose from the available Steam Codes. Thank you so much for supporting Legion Podcasts. You can reach me on Twitter, or the Legion Discord group. My username is at LonelyBob. See you around. This'll keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting. But that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts for just two bucks a month. You get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon. And for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Now back to the cutting room.
Muzzle Vision, motherfuckers, with Sicando. Damn. Good shit. That's a female vocalist, and let me say, those grinds are way above awesome. <laughs> when she gets that growl going, oh my god, that voice is fucking intense. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Hardcore. Yeah, absolutely. I really dig Dazzle Vision. I dig this song. I gotta check out more of their shit, my dude. Hells yeah. I won't know what they're saying, but fuck it. Yeah, but you wouldn't know regardless whether it was in Japanese or not, just because you don't understand the growls. That's very true. I don't speak Wookiee. You know what else you don't really understand that well? What's going on What's in the it? movie we're covering? No, no, I don't understand that either. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's like I walked into a Star Wars cantina and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> You're just making more and more Star Wars references to get more and more memes. That's goddamn right. <laughs> Goddamn right. All right. Well, Sadako 2019. I'm assuming we have no trailer, no anything, right? Yeah, yeah. We couldn't even get a yeah. subtitle that worked properly for us. Yeah, yeah, There's right. no trailer. No, no trailer. All right, well, the first 20 minutes we start out, we open up with, we're in this apartment complex building, and we see drawings of a girl, like, kind of all over these doors in the outside, and you're like, hey, is that Sadako? Is some weird shit going on? Very much looks like Sadako, and it looks like frantic, uh, almost scrawling on your walls, crazy people yeah. drawing style. Well, we're in the well, one of the apartments now, and in, there, in the one room, there's, like, a baby's crib and everything. And then there's, like, a locked door to a closet. Well, in that closet, there's a little mobile going around that has a little girl doll with black hair. And we see a little girl in there. Then we see a woman outside. She's praying. She hears, like, a, a collapse. We get more of the creepy doll and this little girl. She's in this locked closet. You start to feel really bad for her. Um, then someone comes in carrying a gas can. And this person, she looks inside and says, she's sorry. She realizes it must be lonely. That's kind of what I got from that. Then we see the old woman. She she, she is going through all these rocks and she says, this is the place she was buried. That's what she said. <laughs> yes, that's then, exactly uh, what she said. This little girl's mom, who's on the outside of the closet, she uh, she thinks her daughter is Sadako and uh, she's going to burn them both alive. She's dumping gasoline all over the fucking place. Oh, I want to point out one of the things you may not have been able to kind of get because I mm -hmm. noticed um, they use some <laughs> uh, Japanese versions of words instead of the actual words and she actually calls her the reincarnation of Sadako if what I read is correct, if I if I uh, thought what I saw, because I thought I recognized the like it, it was like reincarnex or something like that, where it was like very much reincarnation, the word reincarnation, but like you know turned into more of a Japanese way of saying it. For instance, Dazzle's song "Secondo" is actually second. It's the word okay. "second," but just done that way, as far as I understand it. And I know that um, there this is a uh, just kind of linguistics here, but I know that there was a, a lady that I worked with who told me that um, she worked very hard to be able to say in Japanese. What a beautiful orange sunset, or something like that, to a uh, lover that she went to go visit in Japan that was over there, right? And okay. um, he kind of chuckled and said that no one used the word that she had been studying to learn for orange, that everyone just says orangey now. Ha! Nice. So it's one of those kinds of things, like how we would take a German word and make it English and change the pronunciation slightly, and then it becomes an English word. It's similar to that. Like, it's assimilated language is what okay. I'm getting at. And I think that's what that word that she says, reincarnates or something similar to that, I couldn't remember. And it was probably misspelled anyway, but it seemed to me like they were trying to say that she is a reincarnation of Sadako, which would make sense if it's in that world where there are Sadako clones popping up everywhere. Yeah, that's true. There, See, this is the kind of stuff I'm going to try and offer for explanation for you that like may be difficult all right i got gotcha. you well um right before and then all of a sudden we go back to the old lady and we see something kind of shoot out of that hole uh well sadako's freed and now all of a sudden the mom right before she could let a match she hears something 
She turns around and there's Sadako standing in the corner. Then all of a sudden the, you know, the the closet busts open and the little girl comes out and she's standing there staring at Sadako. And then Sadako, the lights kind of blow up and the sparks hit the gas and a fire starts and the whole place is set on fire. And we cut to uh, a young doctor by the name of Dr. I'm just going to say Dr. Mayu. Uh, she's meeting with a patient and the patient seems to be, she's like, oh, I'm doing so great. You're the best doctor ever, blah, blah, blah. But it, this patient's sounding and acting very manic. Um, yeah, it's li- quite unnerving, yes. Yeah. Later on, her boss, Dr. Fuji, uh, she he cautions her about getting too close to her patients because, you know, you could blur a line, which is very true. What he's trying to say is, that bitch is scary. Please stay away from her and stop letting her be this way. Like, you have to put a firm hand and break this connection. Yeah, yeah. Uh, later on, uh, she checks on some kids, and they're all watching videos on a phone, and we see... The video is of her bro doing just dumb shit for views and shit like that. He's one of those guys that's trying to become YouTube famous and monetize yeah. YouTube videos. So he's literally doing any desperate challenge he can for attention. Yeah. Um. So then she meets her bro for lunch and she th- it, the conversation is pretty much like, hey, I thought you were going to be in school. All this. You got to stop this. And he's like, no, school never made me happy. This makes me happy. This is something I want to do. Just support me in this. It seems like they only have each other. And she's like, oh, OK. You know, she's just like fine um uh so then anyway we cut to um we see that little girl from the apartment fire she is walking on a bridge and this lady comes up and kind of kneels in front of her and asks if she's all right and she seems to be in a very good mood smiling and then her smile goes away she stands up and throws herself off the fucking bridge down to the ground uh that seemed pretty hardcore uh just then a cop shows up and asks if everything's all right the little girl looks back over and there's no one there so that was just uh, some vision of a lady okay uh um, there's a couple things that we need to clear up with the apartment fire and shit here, okay? Okay. Um, yeah. And is the reason why the lady disappears when she jumps off the edge, okay? Uh-huh. It is alluded to in some way, shape, or form that the mother who was about to burn her child is psychic in some way. Yeah. And she had visions that she, her daughter is either the reincarnation of Sadako or will become the reincarnation of Sadako, whether or not I understand that. So the mother is going to burn this girl alive. That yeah. somehow is what causes Sadako to be released because somehow Sadako is connected to this child. So Sadako gets released and comes for the mother to stop her from killing the child. This is Sadako killing with a mission to keep the child alive. That's why the child walks out through the fire and is untouched and actually takes Sadako's hand who leads her away. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't mention that and I need to bring that up. So the girl leaves the apartment fire because Sadako led her out and takes out the mother and then all these other people and that somehow was able to cause that um, just because she She's that powerful now for some reason. Um, the little girl walks away. And at this point, knowing that the mom is psychic and knowing that psychics in the World of the Ring series, particularly with uh, Hayato Nakata, and again, I, I, I'm mispronouncing that. I apologize. But in the world that he creates for the ring, psychic people see dead people, no problem. And even victims of the ring or victims of Sadako, they can see them as well. Because remember, the boy was able to see them. Ryuji was able to speak with some of them because the daughter came to haunt them and whatnot. This little girl is seeing a victim of the suicide curse because her face changes because she was looking at something and jumps and she's yeah. seeing the ghostly apparition of what's left behind from that suicide there's yeah there's that a, seems to be there's other people that die like that as well and she sees them and, and sees these visions so it's similar to what we had in sadako 3d2 with a little girl that could see how people were going to die as well that was tied with sadako because she mm-hmm. had some kind of psychic ability it's the same thing here so we have that kind of continuity that i just wanted to bring up all right um so anyway uh 
so the doctors are now looking after the girl. She's in the hospital now. And she says she has no memory. She she can't remember anything. We don't know uh, if that's trauma or what. Yeah. yeah. The doctors are then uh, going to get ready to leave. And a nurse said police are there. And they meet with the police outside. And they say it's about the girl that was just brought in. So then we cut to the bros in his room talking to his buddy. He's losing views. And he tells his buddy he wants to go check out these haunted apartments and maybe move his channel to a different area, like a haunted thing, instead of being goofy. That guy's his not buddy, his buddy. It's his sort of paid consultant, and they've kind of consultant. become friends. Yeah. All right. But anyways, in his consultant, there's buddies tells him he, you know, trust him instead. Don't do this. You know, listen to me. That's kind of what I was getting from this. Yeah. The guy's and, making a desperate move by going to these, like the, switching up his channel from goofy challenge and to do fun ha- a haunted to do haunted yeah. stuff because he thinks that'll get him more clicks and it's such a dramatic change the advisor guy is right don't do it yeah don't do it well we cut to the cops are telling the doctors that there's no record of this girl existing like her mom gave birth to her in private and there's no school that has ever heard of her but they do think that she is from this apartment fire it's terrifying to think that that can still happen in this world right that like a child can be born and sequestered away and no one even knows they exist exactly um well they start questioning the child and the child does that sudoku look that all the so far every girl who's had some psychic powers in all these movies it's the same look they all give when they're going to start using their power uh dr maya kind of looks around and there's this like little sand neighborhood playground thing it's small though so it's not like a, a sandbox it's just this little play thing with like a neighborhood in it and stuff toys and all of a sudden a sinkhole starts opening up and it shit goes really weird in there and doctor's the only one who recognizes it she gets up and to stops the interview saying the young girl's been through too much and she needs to rest that's the end of of the first 20 minutes. I think you were looking for like community playground is what it was. Yeah, it was just a but small it wasn't even a playground. Because it's not a playground. Because it's a small little thing for kids to like they can't like climb in it. It's like little toys were uh, built on this little like almost like um uh, what's that fucking thing a lot of people have at their desk where they can rake the sand and shit. Oh uh, yeah, for no, Zen garden. It's a Zen garden. Zen garden. Think of a Zen garden only a little bit bigger and with like little buildings and little cars and toys in it. <laughs> and then it creates a fucking she creates a sinkhole in a fucking little toy. It's scary as shit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fucking hilarious. But yeah, it was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was a cool effect. And, and you know, it's the first time we saw a girl do the, the power head move. So you start going, oh, shit, here you go. You know, and this is what you this is what you wait for. <laughs> okay, so this girl clearly has some powers. Whether or not she's a Sadako clone, it does, it, we don't know. But yeah. her powers appear to be similar to Sadako in some way, shape, or form. Yes. Yeah. Um, so far, we kind of covered all the stuff that I really needed to get to as to what's going on. But the story that we have so far in that cave that we saw, that is definitely the drowning cave from Ring 2. Yes. What they've done now is they have closed it off to tourists and they've realized what a horrible and shameful thing that is and they mm-hmm. have sealed it up. But where well, this... We don't know that yet. Well, they have sealed it up. That we've they, They've definitely sealed up that cave and we know that that's the drowning Oh yeah, cave. that was the explosion earlier. Right. So yeah, they sealed it up. Right. And the thing that they've changed in this movie is that somehow that cave now contains Sadako's spirit and keeps her curse trapped. Yes. We don't know how that happened at all. Maybe that's where the stuff from the novel tide comes in i have no fucking clue but i have to say this set where we're back at the drowning caves for unwanted children which is a horrific thing to have to say but is what it is Mm -hmm. 
Leaving Sadako trapped in a place of such misery can only amplify her power to me. Like, it, it would make sense. You think that would be something that she could feed off of. So why would anybody logically trap her there unless this is a place that she has gravitated towards for the next stage in her revenge plot? Yeah. You know, like, that's the only reason I can think that maybe she is anchored there. And if that's the case mm-hmm. that she's able to choose where she's at, that's even more fucking terrifying in this movie for me. Yeah, exactly. I gotta say, the first 20 minutes of this film have a great, super eerie fucking setup, and then just go right for the fucking jugular with the Sadako appearance just right off the bat, causing a fucking fire, and then just walking a child out by hand. Like, what the fuck is going on in the beginning of this movie? Like, I want to know why Sadako would save a child like this. She clearly has no qualms about killing them if they saw her videotape earlier. So, if she's saving this child, specifically her, she's coming back to do this. Maybe maybe for a body to inhabit. Yeah, right. At the very least, which is still fucking terrifying to me. Yeah, still pretty fucking bad. Right. I've got all these ideas about what could possibly happen going through my head. And then they throw in the stuff with the hospital and that lady's super creepy. And I wonder what the fuck's going on with her. And what I start realizing is this movie is bringing back for me, the little pieces of mystery of like, Hey, what the fuck is happening here? What is going on? This is really bizarre shit. You know, it's also throwing at you a lot of areas where shit can go so dastardly wrong. Yeah. There's a lot of dread. You're 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 not just in a hospital. You're also in the hospital shares with a psych clinic so you're getting mentally disturbed people sadaku's getting loose which is never fucking good it doesn't ever make anybody feel like think rationally you know shit's going bad yeah and on top of it all the little girl is extremely fucking creepy as we were praising the child that was in sadaku 3d2 this little actress leaves her in the fucking dust for me oh yeah big time she is so good at just turning on a dime and going from sweet and innocent to like fucking sadaku's reincarnation whenever she's supposed Mm -hmm. to be embodying that in some way. Exactly. Uh, The actress that's playing Sadako in this one, the body controls and the motions, I think they animated it a little bit by doing stop frame or skip frame. I know that they filmed her backwards like they used to do in Ring 2 and Ring 1, that that the same director did that same technique. We brought that back. So her motions are bizarre and jerky. And the way she comes out of the well is horrifying when we see that later. Like, there's a lot of stuff about this film to really, really like that I wish I had better fucking subtitles to understand the story. Yeah, right? No shit. Just a little something better. (laughs) Yeah, I just want to point that out, that there are, as much as we might be trying to fumble our way through it, there are some amazing fucking visuals in this movie, and I'm not going to deny that at all. And there's some really creepy, atmospheric moments. And, like, I've seen people fucking hating all over this movie, and I just don't understand why. Like, I don't don't get it. Uh, Maybe it's not what you were expecting it to be, and that's totally fine. But I wasn't expecting it to be anywhere near what I got, and I'm very pleasantly surprised at this point in the first 20 minutes already. I think people, like, and I'll say it, I think especially if you talk to more probably in the American audience who might have seen this and if they have complaints about it, it could be that they like their Sadako <laughs> slash ring movies to stick to the story of, you know, her mother was psychic. She said they don't like the, the, the tomb of the unwanted children that are drowned. You know, they I don't think they like that added to what became known as the original story, no matter how close what is to the book and what isn't. I think they all think about the movie and it's just, hey, this little girl was the product of her mother who was, you know, psychic and a father who wanted to try to prove that. There was an accident. The little girl grew up to be a young lady who was too powerful. The father was scared about it, killed her, 
and dumped her in a well, and that created a fucking curse. I think people just like that simplicity of it, and now with all these different stories, I think it's just because of what story it decides to follow instead of the traditional one. It's following this one that's maybe more in the book. Maybe that affects people's liking of it. Okay. I hear your argument. Not so much about how it was made, uh-huh. how it was acted, no, I know. or anything like I that. Know. Hang on, hang on. I'm, yeah. I'm going purely uh-huh. purely story, story simplicity, okay? I uh-huh. hear your argument, but everything that's in this film that um, they flesh out is hinted at in some way, shape, or form going back all the way to Ring One. Like I said, I, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying what some people might think. Yeah, if you were the type of person that ignores the fact that they keep saying that the father of Sadako was not the doctor, it was something else from the water that they say in Rin yeah. 1. They hint that her father may have been a deep one of some sort or like some kind of weird elder god that lives in the ocean, right? Yeah. So that goes back to Ring 1. So some of the hinting at that that we do get in this film goes back to Ring 1. Some of the hinting at with this drowning caves that you brought up as well that's here, that's in Ring 2. So if they didn't like Ring 2 at all, I would accept that argument from them. But if they liked Ring 2, sorry, the drowning caves are part of the story brought up in Ring 2. And Oh, yeah. The old man brings her there because she says something about he says something about Sadako in this cave. I can't remember exactly what it was, and they just kind of flesh that out here in this last one. Yeah. So, but no, I I, I agree. If you liked Ring Two, you should like this one. Yeah. I, I don't get why you want. Yeah. Now, if you disliked Ring Two, uh, then I get why you would dislike right, this. Right. One. So I can see why you would dislike this one because it continues with that same storyline. But if you dislike Ring Two, that I'll accept that. Sure. You know, you're just a Ring One purist. Cool. I'll accept that. I'll just have to respectfully disagree with you because. I think there's plenty more to love in Ring 2. Yeah, you won't respectfully do anything. <laughs> and I will disrespectfully do everything, you motherfucker. Does that make you that's, happier, Matt? That's right. Now <laughs> you're at it. Okay, but if you like Ring 2, you should also like what's going on with this one because it just fleshes out the story even more. And that's coming from a guy who could barely read the fucking subtitle. Yeah, right. No shit. Jesus Christ. I couldn't read shit. Let's move on. I meant me, but whatever. Well, well I also couldn't read shit. Yeah, as difficult oh, okay. as I was finding it, I felt really bad for you. And that's why I wanted to warn you up front that shit like that was happening <laughs> all right so the next 20 minutes starts uh the brother arrives at the complex getting ready to shoot uh then we cut to a nurse she checks in on the girl but the, she's not really responding she's just singing her a song to herself all that so the nurse tells dr mayu that the girl is kind of creeping everyone out makes people uncomfortable she hasn't eaten she's not really doing anything to sustain herself um then the doctor thanks the nurse for the fresh flowers at her desk she thought it was really nice and there's like, I didn't, I didn't give those to you. So the doctor's like, well, what the fuck? How am I getting these fucking flowers? Um, uh, then the other little kids, they start making fun of the little girl because she's not speaking, not anything. Uh, you know, nothing's happening. So they start making fun of her and doing shit. And she flings a metric shit ton of crap at him, uh, supplies at him. And they all start fucking crying. And it's a big fiasco. And as all the nurses are trying to get everything, you know, settled down, uh, the little girl sneaks away. She gets gets into an elevator and as she's going down there's this old man with crazy fucking weird eyes and really scary dude talking to her and then all of a sudden he's just disappeared and gone the elevator doors open and dr maya is standing there and you know grabs the girl once again that Uh, was another ghost yeah and i just want to point out when the boys were bullying her they encircle her and chant some horrific thing at her making fun of her about how she's a the village 
kid because she has no parents. Yeah, they're basically making fun of her for being an orphan, which we have already established you don't fucking do. No, that's some fucking rude-ass shit. Yeah, that's some serious fucking bullshit. But anyway, yeah. uh, I really... I just got done watching Stranger Things latest season, right? Mm-hmm. And, I haven't seen uh, it yet. Okay, well, I just want to say that the psychic power that she uses to attack them and that exploding for them picking on her just yeah. reminded me of the latest season. Nice. Um... So anyway, we see some dudes are checking out the brother's videos that he's made. And they're kind of laughing, you know, having a good time watching them. And all of a sudden a skull pops up in them. And they all kind of freak out like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, well, Dr. Mayu, she visits the little girl and she won't eat or play. Um, and uh, she, the little girl does tell her about how her mom would lock her in the closet and sometimes bring her food, but not all the time. How do you uh, not call your child protection services immediately to find out how to get this girl some better counseling? Yeah, right. No shit. And then the, the Mayu reaches out and touches the little girl and she has a vision, uh, a vision of when Mayu was a little girl herself and she was just this lonely girl and kind of just sitting on a bed alone and all that because little girl even states i can tell you know what it's like to be alone the little girl looks up and she sees sadaku in the tv reflection she gets up and leaves the room but passes right out when she leaves probably because she has no fucking you know strength to do anything then uh the two doctors are talking and fuji does remind mayu that she cannot get too close to this she's getting too involved like emotionally but then after all that she gets a call from her bro's friend slash you know publicist whatever consultant dude whatever that guy is yeah that he has not heard from her brother in a long time so they meet and for coffee and he tells her how he went to that apartment like all the story from that apartment that he took a video and the cops made them take the video down that he posted but it's still up on the net if she wants to see it um then we see um he talks about the last time he saw his friend when he came back after filming that he was a different person they got into a fight that guy left their his apartment and never heard from him since um later on that night mayu checks the video and watches it and he tells the story about the apartment fire all that that happened uh the month before and uh how the mom apparently was supposedly had powers and she could heal and do other things um so he gets through all the you know police tape lock shit all that and he finds the closet where the chain was he finds the lock on the floor he opens it and he states there's a bunch of charms in there and charm writings and things to like protective spells and such yeah he recognizes some of the stuff he points out what he refers to as a fetish doll at one point and what that's that you know like the zuni fetish doll where it's like just a a a totem of something it represents something else that's what that term means and he points out a few of those types of things and it seems like he obviously didn't know that they were in there but he knew about these kinds of things because he was apparently reading up on it before he did this ghost walk right yeah um Mm -hmm. and actually the kid's keeping his fucking head together no matter how scared he clearly is in this room and he's playing it yeah. up for the camera and he's doing a great job if this is how he's going to go he needs to drop the cornball uh you know super awesome fun time like attitude he had before but he would actually be a decent ghost hunter it bears saying he, yeah 
He does okay here. I've he seen... does his homework on the on the area. He he talks about it. Yeah, he yeah. does a good thing. Yeah, he's not terrible at this. It's just that this is not my bag. You, yeah, you know, uh, just to, just to say, it's just not my thing. <laughs> this sort of thing is not my bag, baby. Right. <laughs> I even wrote a book about it. But I will say, <laughs> from what I've seen of other of this ghost hunter stuff or just parodies of it in horror films, he's actually yeah. pretty good. He's a decent YouTuber. He has a chance, right? Yeah, right. I think so. Well, he did. Yeah, let's get uh, anyway, on with that. <laughs> he then he sees something and he runs. Um, she rewinds it right to where he supposedly sees something, and there's a glitch in the film. And once again, we see skulls, much like what those other guys saw. And that's the end of that twenty minutes. So I don't know if you had much else to say. <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually, I, I do. Um, I okay. just I wanted Go to ahead. comment on the YouTubing thing because we were in the moment there, and I was really yeah. impressed with what he did. And I was like, "Damn, this kid knows what he's doing," you know? Yeah, he really does. And I've seen a lot of ghost hunting shows. Okay, I will definitely take your word for it then, because so I he's know doing that you, pretty well, especially because yeah. he did the homework for it. Yeah, he had a lot of great information, and he helped set up the spooky information and the general atmosphere of discomfort as he's going up the stairs. You know, because a lot of these are very similar; they have a formula that they usually follow. I'm not saying that as a destructive criticism. That's how TV shows work. There's a formula for a TV show and that's how you write yeah. around it. You know? Yeah, of course. Right. It's just the same thing with like certain movies. Fuck, I love horror movies and there's a lot of horror movies that are very formulaic. I'm looking at you fucking slasher franchises. <laughs> right? At least they should be, because that's what we keep coming back for, because we love the junk food for the brain. But anyway, we're not reviewing any of those right now. We're sticking with this. Of course not. <laughs> uh, the plot is thickening, and what they're doing here with him going through in that video, as he's kind of doing the recording, and she goes through and kind of watches it and notices some things in it, uh, they're really building some suspense, and it's really creepy. You mentioned earlier where they had seen that skull pattern in the video when they were like filming. They were going to pull a prank on the YouTuber brother. Mm-hmm. Those two other YouTuber guys, they wanted to make a video yeah. pulling a prank on him. Uh-huh. And when they were filming him, like kind of preparing the shot and making a plan, that's when those skulls flashed up. Um, yeah. If you pay attention, she barely notices it, but you can see a very similar still frame of those skulls on his video. And then when we get yeah, into the next one, that's 20 what I was just pointing out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I really like that. And then the film goes on to kind of show, like, she keeps going back to that frame even more, like, kind of obsessively. And that's when you realize that she's starting to go down the well if you catch my drift yeah yeah i get i get what you're saying yeah, yeah. totally yeah so again um story-wise if if you're willing to just suspend the things that you expect out of a ring film and just enjoy this as the story that it is i can get behind this stuff this isn't going too far afield from ghost curse from super powerful psychic that may be the daughter of a fucking monster god from the ocean like i'm i'm okay with that like we're following yeah, that right? storyline so like i there's there's nothing that's too drastic of a change for me here. You know, we're not doing genetic clones of her in this, so I'm cool. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's not some cloning system or something. <laughs> right. Like, we're not having the daughter of this super powerful clone being with all of these psychic powers uh, attacking her slash him and, uh, you know, winning the day. That's not happening here. We're not going so far afield of where we started at all. Yeah. No, you're not. You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I am. I'm, I just want to state that I am really enjoying what I'm seeing so far. And so far, you've done really well with the dialogue. Um, um, I don't remember if we were talking about this or if we skipped over it. Did we mention the previous thing about the brother talking about how he doesn't want to go to school? He wants to be a YouTube presenter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
when uh the sister first meets the buddy she does talk to him about that and uh kind of accuses him of encouraging that and he's actually shocked he's like no i was just under the assumption that he was enjoying school and still going to school otherwise i wouldn't have helped him or something along those lines yeah 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 she does have a talk she thought you know he was going to school still didn't realize he was doing those videos so right and then so did his buddy his buddy thought he was doing the videos but was still going to school and was going to continue schooling yeah and was surprised and a little saddened to hear that somehow the hyping and encouragement that he had done as like his consultant for him had driven him to this and he felt bad about it because this also drove him to what may have ultimately been the fate that made him disappear and that's what motivates that character that's why i bring that up is that guilt trip that she lays on him without realizing that he didn't know either hit him so effectively for what ended up happening to this character it's the youtuber brother that he ends up being drawn into going into the investigation and helping her it's that guilt from that feeling from that statement that's why i bring it up in case we didn't mention it all right yeah and that is true so the next three minutes starts she goes to the cops to report her brother missing and kind of the cops are kind of you know dismissing her but she's like no you don't understand he wouldn't just leave me he's the only one who didn't leave so we could kind of get in the point where mayu isn't you know wasn't raised in a traditional family probably was raised in a foster home or an orphanage and when all the other kids left her brother her adopted brother whatever brother was the only one who didn't leave so that's kind of what i'm getting um yes so the guy's not her biological brother but they were yeah. raised together in this same orphanage orphanage and but they call it something different got but a, it's an orphanage yeah whatever it is to them but while all the other kids got to leave she didn't and she always felt like she was abandoned except for her brother she later on is investigating the video a bit more and she actually sees when he has his little freak out like he sees something uh all of a sudden you can see sadako in the background um so then she decides to leave for the night at the hospital and she hears someone walking well she goes and she sees that very first manic patient from the beginning with flowers going into her office we see that she is the one doing the flowers as they talk the lady brings out some scissors that she uses, you know, to cut the flowers. Uh, but this kind of makes the doctor nervous. She's already on edge. Now, okay, once again, just understand that this is what I get from everything. She pretty much is trying to politely tell her not to do this anymore, that she needs to step back. She can't do this. And the lady kind of flips out, of course, and she's like, why am I so angry? Why am I so angry? And threatening her with the scissors. Um, the doctor falls down. She's scooting back. The lady's probably pretty much chasing her with scissors, but then the lady stops. She looks up with fear in her eyes, and there's the little girl, and she's doing the head down, looking at her. She's she's channeling something there. Uh, but or is stops- something using her as a conduit to this world? Yeah. Well, she, it stops her, the woman, from attacking. The little girl then passes out. And then in the lounge, the TV comes on. And the woman looks over, and it's the well. And she almost, like, it's like she knows what it is. And she falls down. And there's and a good see- reason for that, that she knows yeah. what it is. Exactly, and we'll hear about that soon. And how nice is it to have the actual fucking creepy video just pop up on a screen and it's the same one that we're used to seeing? That made me feel good. That was the well. Sadako crawls out. To use the terminology you love, I popped. Yeah, same here. I popped big time for that one. (laughs) I was like, ooh, it's the video, it's the video! And uh, Sadako crawls out, crawls right up against the woman... And right at that point, the doctor tries to pick up the little girl and tries to leave. But then Sadako grabs her leg and all of a sudden comes up on her and the doctor passes out. At this point, we cut to the doctors. They're uh, all trying to wake everyone up. 
The lady won't let anyone even touch her. She's freaking out. Um, uh, Fuji then gets Mayu away from everything. They're talking. The little girl is now in a coma in ICU. Um, let's see here. All of a sudden, while they're talking, Mayu ends up in the closet that that little girl was in. And the mother's talking to her from outside of it. All the same shit from before. Uh, the lights go out. She looks over. There's the little girl. The little girl disappears. And then Sadaku comes at her. And Maya wakes up in her own bed with rings on her arm. Oh, I noticed this in this particular film. And I thought this was the case, but I didn't want to say for sure. Those uh, rings aren't just rings. That's like Sadaku grabbed her arm and is marked from yeah. the hand. It's like bruising from the hand grabbing on or like a cold. I just burn. call it rings, though. Right. But that's we need to state at some point that that's actually what those represent, those rings. You can call them okay. rings, that's fine, but yeah. they're basically the fingerprint. But they're because they grabbed her arm, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, we kind of alluded to it, but I need to flat out fucking say it because calling them rings just makes it too fun. Yeah. Well, the doc has enough of this. She goes to visit the crazy lady and asks about Sadako and wants to know what's going on because she heard the lady even say the name Sadako earlier when Sadako was coming at her. So she knows who Sadako is. Um, the lady tells the story of Sadako and about the cursed video and how all her friends died in school um, by the Sadako curse and like, you know, how they would all kill themselves or because it was Sadako making them do it. Um, the doctor doesn't want to believe it. She almost can't believe it. But then um, the lady grabs her and the doctor has a vision of the lady actually seeing Sadako when she was younger in high school. And um, and then all the other times, uh, like then she started thinking about all the other times she had seen Sadako in the videos and such uh, for their brother. And she now knows her brother is also cursed. That ends that 20 minutes before we go into the next one. Okay. It's very important to note that the vision she sees is actually from ring two the girl that ends up in the asylum that's this woman yeah she never left yes. the asylum she just got slightly better each time yeah so that's why she was there was because of sadako right and i think that when the little girl sees her and then the little girl sees the woman that is defending her and you know the doctor that is interested in taking care of her being assaulted by this woman who's very clearly at her wit's end at this moment and something bad is about to happen i think that sadako uses a child in channels and tries to reclaim someone that she almost lost that could be yeah like hey shit i remember you motherfucker <laughs> right but what's interesting is sadako doesn't take her life this is a very interesting way she scares her yeah. right back to scared, the state she was in before she, i think she would have scared took in her life but the doctor tried to take off with the little girl and that got her to run after them yeah, or that to try got her to go the after girl. them instead yeah yeah, because Sadako, I don't know if Sadako's coming for the little girl. I think it's just that when the little girl gets terrified, Sadako comes and kills everyone who's terrifying. And yeah. because it's Sadako's protecting something. Yeah, yeah, maybe she's coming to claim for here, but all I have to say is the way that the actress that's playing Sadako moves her body against that woman and just kind of slowly, like almost slithers up her like a snake is so fucking horrifying. It's so yeah. fucking creepy. They must have hired someone who is like a dancer that has that much control over their body to be able to do it. And also when they're coming up out of the well, obviously the person that's playing Sadako um, is being filmed backwards because the hair comes out in such a way that you could only do if you drag it up and over, you know, but they're actually 
actually doing the reverse where you see it come up and out of the well and moves like a snake. And that's very much uh, the director that's done the other two. That's how he had Sadako moving. Very similar to that, but they've really kind of perfected it here. That well emergence is probably the best in the series. It's so well crafted. It is really well done. Yeah. And then the way that's creepy as shit. The way she comes through the TV as well, like how slow motion it is. um, The CG's a little kind of ropey, but not terrible, but it really works and it looks pretty cool. Um, You can tell that it's CG, but I mean, it's still very, very detailed. I thought thought it was pretty well fun. Yeah, it's not like Disney money level CG, but it's pretty fucking good for uh, whatever budget horror film from Japan this is, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was more than satisfied with it. Just because I could tell it was CG doesn't mean it was bad. It just means that I could tell, you know? I can always tell it's CG because you know when it's CG, it's just some of it looks so photorealistic you don't care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this just didn't look as photorealistic as it possibly could, I would think. But then again, it's but a it fucking still pretty good. Yeah, but it's a fucking supernatural entity that is perpetuating a curse to kill all of humanity crawling out of a TV. How the fuck should that look? It should look great. Photorealism. <laughs> Let's look real. Right. Um, I'm all However, in at this point. Whatever real is. Right. Okay. I'm all in at this point. Like I am fucking having a fucking hoot of a time watching this movie at this point. I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm following the story yet. Other than I know for sure from that vision, that's definitely the girl from ring two that watched Sadako come through the hall because they reused that footage and I recognized. So that I know for sure. And seeing her as an older lady and tying it back to that film and showing that all these years later, it's still the same Sadako and still the same curse. That has me so fucking jazzed, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's pretty fucking awesome. And th- that was totally creepy. The woman watching, you know, seeing Sadako walking and then Sadako's head turning and looking at her from the doorway. Yeah. Pretty and, fucking. Yeah. And yeah. they bring it fucking back. <laughs> yeah. Bringing it back. Yeah. Jesus and, Christ. Yeah. And it's played in a flashback where someone's being forced to view that psychically and know what she feels when she's feeling that terror, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a pretty well-crafted third film in a trilogy, if you will, because that's how it feels to be that it is crafted to me. Yeah, and yeah it's actually, actually really good. Yeah, it's just super frustrating to watch when you don't have the right subtitles, which is not the fault of the film. It's the fault of court for not being able to get better subtitles for you. <laughs> wow. It's not your fault. Nobody created any of them. <laughs> right. I, I had to resort to fan sub, my dude. So this is what we yeah, get. Yeah. <laughs> Let's exactly. move on to the next 20. All right. Next 20. Uh she um, is watching older vids of her brother, uh, Mayu is, and that her brother made. And then the ring pops up on the videos. And then um, she sees a lot of, like, cuts of death, uh, lots of uh, skulls, and then a photo of her brother. Like trying, like going back and forth, not feeling all that great. Uh, if you uh, pay attention, these are actually visions of the future. What she is actually yes. seeing is a connection to Sadako and the, the curse of Sadako. But what she's seeing is her future that's about to play out because of that curse in these images. True. Oh, yeah. Big time. You don't realize that uh, when you're watching it. I'm just telling you that now, folks, because it's a very prophetic fucking ring video. And the reason that it's so different, and I know that people probably bitch that they change the video completely, but the reason that it's so different is it's a new tale and it's a new thing. And it's specifically telling this person she's having that vision connected to that curse. This is what's going to happen to you. And she does it anyway. She goes, even yeah, though she kind of yeah. knows what's going to happen. 
Yeah, she kind of, but that's all to save her brother. So, right. I mean, basically, that's kind of what the curse is anyway. It shows you imagery that is going to be the result of your death and then you die. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, she gets a call from the brother's friend and states that a photo of her brother's been found. And she's like, I've already seen it. And she, you know, she must see the videos, all that kind of stuff. It means what she meant was she saw the video that had the photo in it. Um, then we cut to that crazy lady who's in a room. She keeps hearing water dripping and she's a puddle on the floor and a lot of water upcoming. She's sitting on her bed. All of a sudden hair comes up, envelops her feet and she screams. Then we cut back to uh, the friend shows Maya and tells her the story of the tomb of the unwanted kids, you know, who get drowned and all that. Um, And uh, says some of the same symbols that are on the altar were in that closet uh, in the apartment fire. And this is where she points out the fetish doll that her brother also pointed out. So clearly she's done some of the same edumacation as him. Yeah. Yeah. the friend then tells her uh, about the curse and how it's all anyone is talking about right now is video curse. Uh, she then shows him an article from Sudoku's mom's demonstration during the, you know, the, the whole how all this began. And she figures that her brother is now in Sudoku's hometown. So uh, then she gets a call from Dr. Fuji that uh, the crazy lady it was found dead. And when they removed the bed, there she was with the scare face, all that shit. Um, uh, Steve that uh, she's gonna go and find her bro and the friend says he's gonna go with her to help um on the boat, they talk, and she says that her bro her bro is definitely cursed, and he can't believe she would believe that. But she's like, trust me, that's that's kind of what fucking's happening. Um, so they get to the whole area. They're kind of trying to investigate, and a cop comes up saying, you can't be in this area. There's a lot of work being done. They're detonating shit, all that. And they say that her brother's missing, and that they think he was last seen here. So now we see a whole bunch of cops are searching. They got a lot of people out there searching, and this old lady shows up. And, uh, okay, here's a story I really couldn't get. The only thing I could get is that high tide and the full moon were coming tonight. So if they couldn't find him tonight, everything was about to be washed away. Ah, okay. So, yeah. um, Go ahead. Okay. Uh, As close as I can glom, the police interrupt them from going into the cave because you will drown if you go into that cave. That is a drowning cave. Um, When there's a full moon at this time, uh, the tide actually gets pulled into the point where it fills up the entirety of that cave. Yeah. Is the point when the full moon hits. Okay. Um, The police warn her of that. Now, a woman comes and starts like the old woman we saw earlier. She's actually the one that was trying to, I guess, be part of containing Sadako's spirit, or at least is the harbinger of the fact that Sadako's spirit has escaped. And that's when she says, you know, if your brother is actually in there when the moon gets full, they're going to be drowned. They're going to be swept away. They're, you know, this is going to happen. That's what she warns as well. And then she basically tells them that they have no rights. She's trying to say that they can't be here. Um, Some of this is their fault. she gives them some of the story of what's going on with the drowning cave a little bit, but some of this was in like a Japanese uh, language that didn't get translated over. And then some of it was in um, like a quick succession. and was really hard to read, but basically the history that we already know of this cave as a drowning cave, she lays down for them in that tale and, yeah. and basically says no tourists are allowed. This place is cursed because of that. And, and she doesn't really bring up Sadako, but talks about basically somehow Sadako may have been trapped in this cave or has something to do with this cave without actually saying her name oh, okay i got you so we're getting the harbinger basically like you don't want to go down that road and going down that road is literally stay the fuck away from that cave you will die don't want to go down that road right that's the whole of this scene with everything that the fucking cops had to tell them and everything the old lady had to tell them yeah all right cool that's good to know 
the movie focuses in on the full moon and high tide again. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then they remember on the video that they all saw a lot of when it, like, you were looking up at the well, a lot of times there was a full moon there. So they remembered that as well. And is this uh, the point when she looks at her phone of the actual picture? Yeah. Oh, she yeah. also mentions that she notices that the full moon has moved in a just a picture, not a video. Oh, she has that's one right. solid yep. picture and the moon has actually moved in there. So now she has a way of all tracking right. the moon and what may happen with her brother because the picture is moving and Sadako is literally taunting her to come get her brother. Oh. Oh, all right. All right. Um, See, knowing that makes the movie even better for you, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. On the car ride, uh, as they're driving, they're riding back into town uh, or like back where they could, you know, uh, the hotel or whatever. Uh, she does state that her brother was her only friend. You do the flashback. This is the flashback to when they're in this orphanage, whatever. And the brother does his weird, goofy face and it makes her laugh. And, you know, because she was really sad. So there you go. When she has a uh, talk with him about being a YouTube presenter, she's almost glad that he's doing the goofy thing she just doesn't want him to do it for a living is the only thing she's worried about because she does love that he is trying to spread joy in the world because he's one of the things that got her out of that orphanage that they both were stuck in you know he helped her stay happy and that's what he's good at that's important to note so that memory is very pertinent to the whole reason why she's trying to save his life yeah uh, no exactly and it's fucking real um good stuff like seeing their relationship now you know why this is means so much to her and the little girl is still in a coma and then later on the sister she's gonna drive back to the cliff she doesn't care and the friend actually shows up and goes give me the keys they're gonna go together that's the end of that 20 minutes and we're heading into the final 20 okay so the final 20 is gonna be the real crazy shit that that has to happen shit goes nuts yeah um there is some scrubbing she does through the video that helps them find the cave and stuff like that that we didn't mention and i mean there's some like serious details that they really get into that we didn't talk about um about them going on the hunt to get through the caves and to find locations in the caves using the videos and it's really cool like hey gang let's solve this mystery like sleuthing that that needs to be discussed but mm-hmm. the fact that it's there is completely overwashed by the creepy fucking sense of foreboding they just keep shoving at you and piling on more and more foreboding like it just feels horrifying and it just keeps getting worse like the closer yeah. they get to the cave, this long walk that they have, it literally reminded me of Pet Cemetery, where you knew where they were going, they were not meant to be, yet they keep treading there. <laughs> like by the time they get to the entrance of the cave, we're at the point where they're walking on that soured land that they were talking about, that they go to bury that that is the Pet Cemetery, where clearly nothing has been able to grow for centuries. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just like, fuck, this is going to get real fucking, it's all foreboding and fucking scary shit. Yeah. And it's really well done. And I'm so glad that we've got the same gentleman who did ring one and two back here to make this film. Cause he does an excellent job of pushing the creep the fuck out of court psyops button. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I really enjoy his filmmaking. I don't care if it doesn't work for the people that are his detractors. Let me have this. Yeah, yeah, right. Help me out. Let me have this one, motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready to move on and let's wrap this up. All right, final 20 starts. They get uh, to the scary area 
is what I'm just going to call it. <laughs> I don't like calling it the fucking actual name of it. Yeah, the fact uh, that it's an infant drowning cave. Yeah, I wouldn't wonder why you would hate that. Scary area. We're just going to call it the scary area. Don't know why you have to go calling anything else, Court. It's the scary area. Unwanted children drowning cave. You got it. Jesus Christ. Will you fucking shut up? As uh, she looks inside, like the rock, you know, where the old lady kind of saw where the collapse was. She looks in there for her brother and something pulls her in and then a rock falls again, closing off the door. Uh, the friend's trying to loosen the rock to get into the scary place. Uh, that was actually Sadako's arm that was pulling her into the infant drowning yeah. cave before the rock actually hit. Wait, wait, what, what'd you call it? Infant drowning cave. It's a scary place, Court. On one of the children scary drowning place. cave. Right, okay. Mother, no, scary place. What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> you don't have to call it the other thing. Everyone knows what it is. <laughs> I'm sorry it makes you that somebody. uncomfortable to realize that it's a fucking cave that was meant only to drown unwanted children. Who doesn't that make feel uncomfortable? It's just a story, so me. Fuck off. <laughs> Okay, we can move on. I'm sorry. All right. Jesus. So she wakes up, and now it looks like she's at the bottom of the well, you know, because you see the tube going all the way up and shit. Uh, well, she sees the altar uh, for where they did the, the horrible things, and uh, <laughs> she finds her bro there, but he is completely freaking out, not making any sense, just kind of muttering to himself. Uh, he seems to uh, be a person that is in complete shock uh, and may have lost his mind to the terror that Sadako has subjected him to. Like, yeah, I've seen people in that state before and they've done a whole lot of fucking drugs to get them there. Yeah. Well, in almost anybody who's encountered Sadako in any sense always ends up this way, like a mush until she decides to end it. So then uh, she sees the little girl standing in some water and uh, she has a vision of a lady lighting a candle at the altar while holding the baby. We know this baby is now Sadako because she's in, she even says it. She puts the baby down, and the lady says that uh, she has no other choice but to do that, and then leaves, which somewhat changes the Sadako narrative of, you know, she was an adult, and her dad killed her into a well. Um, the vision is over, so she sees a little girl, and a bunch of the other kids who had died are coming up now to drag her into the water, and we see the little girl at the hospital is crashing. Um, oh, uh, that little girl being dragged in the water was one of the elements of the video we saw earlier whenever she watched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, as the kids are dragging her down, the doctor, uh, Mayoshi, grabs her. She says she's not alone. She'll protect her. She will not let her die. She'll never let go. Uh, she loves her. All this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, um, uh, the little girl wakes up in the hospital. She's now not in her coma. Mayu's still holding on to the little girl in the well. She now looks at the water, and there's no kids pulling at her. It's all skulls in this clear water. Also from the um, video. Yes. Um, Some of those skulls are very clearly smashed infants where they couldn't wait for the drowning to happen, or the drowning caused the skull fracture. It's hard to tell what was actually going on in the cave of unwanted children being drowned. Yeah. Uh, as Mayo's getting out, uh, the friend gets in, and he's helping her, and all of a sudden, Sadako grabs Mayo and starts dragging her away. Way. Well, this snaps her brother back into reality, and he tries to save her. But Sadako grabs him, starts dragging him away, and no matter how much they start pulling, they can't get him out. And he tells her, I'm sorry, just run away, get away from here. Sadako has her brother and drags him away. We now cut to, we're back in the hospital, and the doctor is fairly disturbed. Mayo is now fairly disturbed. She's, uh sitting on the floor next to her hospital bed and there's like a but she's the curtain is completely closed around her uh we see the little girl comes out and she is healthy and fine not does not seem to have the issues that she has had um she thanks the doctor for helping her 
and for saving her. And she leaves. We see the doctor is just kind of still. She's like constantly looks afraid. And uh, she hears water dripping, and that makes her disturbed. Then all of a sudden, we see an outline of Sadako walking from outside the curtain. Curtain opens. Crazy Sadako eyes. Uh, doctor is looking super scared. Roll credits. Okay, the reason that Sadako was tied to this cave is we learned that when Sadako's mother gave birth to her, Sadako's mother decided Sadako was an unwanted child and therefore took her to the cave where you do not want children and leave them to drown. Exactly. Sadako is the only known child to quote unquote survive. But what I submit to you is the fact that her father may have been this beast from the ocean that we know of from part zero. All that ended up happening is the drowning cave for unwanted infants and children is just basically a sacrifice to this god of the sea to protect the island yeah yeah so jesus <laughs> the fact that there's a this, lot involved here yeah but i'm just saying this goes back to zero this is just something that i'm kind of putting in here because it's heavily implied that whatever was killing the infants and or children that were not wanted in this cave by drowning for some reason spared sadako or maybe sadako died and the curse has been from this initial drowning all along and that's why she's here now because this is the true point of origin Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. because she was able to rebirth herself multiple times or whatever. But what I like to prefer is this this God thing that, you know, had to do with Sadako's birth that they kept referencing from the ocean that wasn't right, that the daughter kept talking to and shit. This is Sadako's true father. And so to find her in the drowning cave or to realize that she's in the drowning cave, of course, it's going to make her survive its child, apparently. Yeah. that's. I feel like they're just hinting at it, but they're not going too deep. So if you really want to do the deep dive, like what I did, where I'm like, they're hinting at that and they mentioned the drowning cave and the the two have to go together. That's what I'm thinking they're hinting at because there's a lot of little subtle things like that in the story that I think they layer in. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I think they try to let the viewer do all their own investigating and come up with this. They give many different clues as to, you know, that could lead to different spots. So you, uh, the whole story can be each person's own take on it. Yeah. It doesn't really matter why Sadako is so tied to this drowning cave, but the grandfather goes out of his way to show the woman trying to save her life, this cave. Yeah. In one of the films, I can't remember. I think it might even be Ring One. They show her this cave and talks about it in conjunction to Sadako. So it still fits in with the storyline that has to do with the original Ring or Ring Two, you know, that they're bringing back this, you know, drowning cave. I'm just going to call it that because that's like, because it could be that you go in there, you're going to drown. You could call it it the scary place. (laughs) You could call it the scary place. I could, but. You could just call it the fucking scary place. I could, but I live in the reality of this film where this cave is designed and or used solely to either sacrifice children to an elder god to save the island or basically just drown unwanted kids and that doesn't make it a scary cave oh no that makes it a terrifying place absolutely but that's not well then why don't you just call it that because the scary place would make kids want to go investigate it and i'm not sending evil cave (laughs) i think calling something a drowning cave would pretty much tell people to stay the fuck out or you will drown that's all it's referencing you would think but i'd highly doubt it (laughs) (laughs) Well, if the lock and key series and or comics have anything to say about it, you are correct, sir. Jesus Christ. They feature drowning caves that people drown in. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Thanks. Let me go ahead and just sit here with that thought about a drowning cave for fucking infants. You're doing wonderful, buddy. Thanks for helping me out. Hey, look, man, this is the reality of the film, and we have to be here in the moment. We have to experience this because it's making us. (laughs) 
I guess that is the whole point of the fucking show, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, Sorry. now that I forgot that for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you've dealt with that, that you weren't doing your job for this review for that part by calling it the scary place. I'm OK well, with that because it was too much for you. That's cool. It's fine. I mean, it's totally fine. Listen, I can deal with a lot. Purposely droning infants. It's just one of the one of the few many levels where I just don't like going to. Flip. <laughs> yeah. One of the few many levels. I like, the <laughs> fuck does that even mean? <laughs> right. Okay, so Sadako's tied to this as I was talking about. It does go back to that whole God of the Sea and everything. It, yeah. it brings in the continuity where in this world, she still did end up being knocked into the well and apparently dying 30 years later. But but apparently her mom trying to sacrifice slash murder her here because she was terrified of her even as a baby. It deepens the story and it gives it even more of an element of shock and terror. And essentially by the end of this, film when Sadako comes for the uh, doctor who tried to break the curse all that represents is that basically Sadako wins because she gets that girl right there's nothing to stop her from taking that girl at this point unless for some reason whatever maybe saving that soul because I believe it's a little girl's soul that's getting ready to take by the other dead kids by saving her dragging her out maybe that released her soul from that cave where that girl was stuck so that's why Sadako was coming to kill the doc because it's almost like the doc swap places there and almost that little girl's now free of sadako uh, i could see they that they no longer have that link i could see that the little girl was somewhere nowhere near she was talking she was not the same girl it was was so it was almost like the reason that little girl was kind of like that was a piece of her soul was missing and was stuck in that cave just waiting for the kids to take it that would empty out her vessel and maybe then sadako that's the way sadako gets back into the living world and that's the only way. Is she, but you know she needs a live body, which even if crashing, it'd still be a live body that you know that probably the hospital would keep it on. It would just have no soul in it. But the ner- the doctor helped remove it. Okay, I totally see that point. Um, I had a kind of a different interpretation. Mm-hmm. I thought that Sadako, using her powers, tricked the woman into thinking that she was saving the girl when, in fact. She was dragging Sadako out and freeing her. And then Sadako rewarded her by trying to kill her. But then her brother threw himself on top of her. And so instead of having Sadako climb up her to enact the curse and to drag her back and kill her, he basically like sort of wedged himself in like a track change, you know, for <laughs> railroad tracks. Yeah. And she crawled up him instead and then ended up taking him. So uh, I th- maybe I she, mean I think that's a great thing about this movie yeah, is I think like we were talking about you get a you could almost interpret it in any way you want yeah and because the brother sacrificed himself for the uh, sister she was able to leave but yeah. Sadako wasn't done because she's been unleashed and Sadako's coming for her because the Sadako spirit is tied directly to this child and I would say that the reason that the child has changed is anytime we've seen Sadako be unleashed in the flesh in any version where she's about to destroy the entirety of the world by having a vessel like we've seen she becomes super talkative and super chatty and super upbeat and happy because she's succeeding with her goals and I think that that little girl is actually the vessel with Sadako spirit pulled from that area that where she almost drowned that little piece of her soul and put into that little girl and this shit's starting all over again after this film ends that could also be a possibility that's how I I just viewed it as Sadako had a shot to maybe even start 
you know, fucking with the doctor a little bit and who and maybe gonna use the doctor to, you know, get inside of. But yeah, I mean it could go any of the ways we just talked about. Yeah, one way or another, by the end of this film, we both think that Sadako finally has a vessel and the world's fucked though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The world's definitely fucked. See, the doctor thought maybe she saved the little girl and only Sadako wanted a little girl. Sadako wants any vessel. She'll just take the doctors, because now we see the doctor must have had some level of clairvoyance as well for all the visions she got when she touched the little girl she touched the crazy lady she got these visions i think the doctor maybe not as strong as the little girl in the you know the the psychic department i think she has something so now sadaku's like fine you release the little girl she's gone part of you is still in that cave though and now i'm going to take you out oh so and now i'm just going to take you over so the little girl's like uh psychic powers are like an i7 and the doc's psychic powers are like an i5 but the I-5 yeah. will do. Like, for Sadako's needs, that's all it's she It's good needs. enough for Sadako to get in, because then Sadako's going to switch it up to a 10. <laughs> or, you know, the absolute max of 11. Yeah, yeah. What, whatever it takes, Sadako's got that. <laughs> and it, you know, be, But she needs somebody who has some level of psychic ability to overtake their body. Okay, yeah, I like your interpretation as well. Um, I'm kind of want to rewatch it with that idea, but also with better subtitles. Um, yeah, right. This is, if I can get a Blu-ray with decent English subtitles, I might actually buy this because I did like it that much. I wouldn't blame you. I'd love to watch it <laughs> with decent subtitles or a dub to make it even decent easier. For sub- me. Decent subtitles, and I'm not doing notes at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thoroughly satisfied with the discussion that we've had on the film. You want to do like a quick news segment and wrap it up? Let's do it. All right, here we go. We're going to take a little break here. We're going to play the band Bedir or Bridear. I don't know which how to pronounce it. And the song Ignite. You're hearing it playing already. And right after this, we're going to do some psyop news. I knew that would kind of be right up your alley. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big time. That's good shit. You know what would I be some it. good shit right now for us all, my man? What's up? Give me some Zion news. All right. You get to make a decision. Ooh. We're doing only one article. Okay. It's one of these two. 
it, it don't fret people. We'll do the other one next week. <laughs> but you decide. I'll just go by article title. Corpse fucking. Article one. Florida man receiving oral sex crashes into FedEx truck. They sex with a dead thing. Article two. Woman opens up on her sexual relationship with plane. I'm going to go with the blowjob accident cause. Um, because right, that- the, the lady having a sexual relationship with a plane, um, after the dark subject matter that we've had, I just, I think we need something a little less uh, psychologically little driven. Less- and like okay. discussions of mental states and well-being and fetishism and stuff. And I want just straight up blowjob cause accident funny. All right. Well, this comes from our man in the field, Robert Ward. Our man in the field and also clip for the blowjob accident cause funny. Yeah, of course. Of course. But our man, he's all man, <laughs> all man, all the time. I hope he sure appreciates all of the love that we're giving him. He must have an incredibly long penis. I would hope so. He, I would think so. He's all man. Um <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Robert. I expect the check in the mail. Anyway. <laughs> no, he does not. <laughs> no, he does not. I, you already do my own job for me by giving me great articles to read. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, he's he's definitely supporting the show. <laughs> that's why you're a man upon men. Probably have a massive penis. <laughs> Clip. <laughs> Clip. <laughs> Robert's probably gonna be like, clip, clip. <laughs> MacGyver ain't got shit on me. Give me a fucking paper clip, some chewed up bubble gum, and a string. I'll get whatever dildo you need out of you. That's very true. Uh, so, <laughs> Florida man receiving oral sex crashes into FedEx truck, officials say. Tampa Bay, or Tampa, Florida, because of course it's gonna be in fucking Florida. Yep. Uh, a man crashed into a FedEx truck Thursday evening while we're having the intimate encounter, according to Fort Lauderdale Fire and Rescue. According to our Fox affiliate, the man and woman were found naked in an SUV after crashing head-on with the truck. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, can you imagine if she bit down for any reason? Ooh, Fort yeah. Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale Fire Rescue said the woman was performing oral sex on the man while he drove the SUV leading to the crash. Guys, I, I, maybe it feels good. I get it. Maybe it feels real good. Keep your fucking eyes open. All right. Pay attention to the fucking road still. You got to do that, guys, or else bad things like this happen. Roadhead in general is fucking dangerous because accident mean chompy teeth chop off. But also, not just choppy teeth, chop off. You did that to yourself. What if you kill some other person, like fucking hitting them or some shit? That person wasn't having any fun, and you just killed them. Okay. Uh, I, I accept the fact that murder is definitely a horrible thing to feel bad about, particularly a vehicular homicide for being so careless. But if uh, your dick just gets bitten off in the crash, literally, that's all you care about at that moment. It, it, is. it is. I'm not saying that guy should care about it, but I'm just saying, like... I, you know what, if that happens, I feel more for the pedestrian hit and not for the guy whose dick got chopped off. He kind of caused that himself. No, yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm not, right. I'm not arguing your point as well. I wanted to well. make sure of that. I'm saying if you're the person who just had their dick bit off, that's yes, your biggest concern. They, yeah, that's kind of your biggest concern. Right. You are correct. <laughs> all of I don't this, care. All don't of this fucking a, clips. Yeah, I don't care if there's a person halfway through your windshield, like, bleeding all over you, asking you what to help them. You're more paying attention to your bitten off dick. Yeah, and hoping you don't fucking bleed to death, yes. Yeah, clips. <laughs> all um, of this. Oh, this is clips. Uh, so, uh, the two occupants of the FedEx truck suffered minor injuries, and officials said that the SU driver suffered injuries to the groin due to what happened during the crash. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, Dude, seriously, there is not a story of Roadhead that doesn't end badly to me, ever. I've never heard good Roadhead stories, ever. It's almost done. Old, uh, our Fox affiliate said they're unsure anyone will be charged. Maybe because the guy went through a fucking nuff. (laughs) 
like, because, I mean, there's no more of the story, but if there's injuries to the groin, then there was a bite. I, that's just, I mean, that's the only thing I can think. There's a bite. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Okay. Seriously. I've never heard a single story of Roadhead ending well. Like, I'm sure there are people out there. Not that in the can... news. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm sure it has ended well, but that never makes the news. Well, here's the <laughs> thing. Only... If my friends are trying to tell me stories of Roadhead, I need to, like, look at their significant other in the eyes at some point, And I yeah. just don't need to hear that story. And you don't, yeah, you don't need to hear that. Like, I don't want to know that. Yeah. So I, have, I don't, I don't, I have a like, hard time picturing people that, that I am friends with having sex because they gross yeah. me out. My, my friends gross me out. I don't want to picture them. Yeah, same here. Same here. See, this is why I always find it funny. A, a lot of people think all men talk about is sex. And like, we always talk about it to our friends constantly about, you know, the girl we had sex with or whatever. That's very untrue because no dude wants to imagine his buddies for the most part having sex because for the most part we all discussed one another so we just don't really the most you'll get out of us is hey did you hook up with that girl i sure did good for you guys and then you just keep going on about your fucking day and you talk about like some nonsensical shit like do you really think skeletor was all skeleton just wearing a man suit and if so isn't that just all of us anyway <laughs> yes that is what we talk about and it's important to note that we're just disgusted by our friends because we know our friends and we've seen what our friends are like <laughs> yeah exactly that's why we're disgusted by them. i mean right right like, you know, we're not gonna body shame anyone but just personality wise we're all fucking gross <laughs> right absolutely at least in our friend circle and in our experience we just don't want to picture that and yeah in most but- most cases i end up liking the spouses of my friends almost more than my friends it's very true. It's very true. Then you become, yeah. And now we're in an older age, right? Where we're all in committed relationships. And then you really don't talk about it because, yes, I am friends with almost all my friends' wives. I have friendships with them. I've talked with them. I don't want to imagine them doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that at certain points, they almost become like family. And except yeah. for some of us that live in the deep south, roll tide, we don't want to picture our sisters having sex. Exactly, roll tide. You don't want to roll tide. You just, <laughs> we want to be normal people. We're north of the Mason-Dixon line, folks. None of it. <laughs> <laughs> but we're far enough out in the cornfield that a bunch of weird <laughs> shit happens anyway. Hey, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. But anyway. (laughs) But to bring this all back to the fact that Roadhead is probably not a good idea. It's probably not. It's not safe. Yeah. I've heard more stories of Roadhead ending in disaster like this than becoming a good thing. Because let's face it, fellas, it's super hard to concentrate, especially if whoever is performing said oral on you is really good at what they do. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you. Don't do it, guys. It's a danger. There's no way you can concentrate on more than one thing, more than one thing at a time. Most men can't do that anyway. They definitely can't do it when their willy dangs getting dungle-gungle. Okay. Well, and the reverse of that, if you have your clam out and you're jamming out with your clam out, and someone is going to town on you, uh, yeah, down there while you're now, driving. Okay, number one, that's that's a bit more impressive because you know you got to get into things to get going. But <laughs> you know, it, what if they're just doing a hand thing in Jibbling? That that can still be very very you know confusing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the logistics of how that roadhead would exactly work. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna need some photographic evidence of how that works. If anybody could send that to me. You guys just should be doing anything sexual while you're driving. I mean, you know, yeah, hey, I'm not going to shame you for it. Seat? It's just really it's, dangerous is all we're saying. Yeah. 
I, yeah, it's just dangerous. And it's that king shaming. It's just saying it's so dangerous. <laughs> we like you too much. If you're a listener to like lose you to something like that, you know, can you make your thrills a little less uh, deadly? Yeah, we don't want to lose our listeners. We 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 come to like you guys. So please, maybe get your jibble jabbles all wiggle waggled in a safer way. <laughs> I am thoroughly fucking confused after what you just said, and I'm not sure what advice you were trying to give to our audience, so I'm just cutting this shit off here. I would probably do that. Right now is the Ending Legion promo, and right after that, we're going to have Mary's Blood with Marionette. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. theme for tonight is that's some good shit yeah the theme for tonight is some really cool interesting fucking metal that is either all female led or at least female fronted and if it's not all female lineup right (laughs) yeah right no shit god damn and you know what the song that's going to close out this fucking episode that's going to come up after i'm done with all this bullshit fucking show housekeeping i go through every week like it's gonna do us any fucking good you know that song is really gonna fucking rock too so everybody stick around for that shit all the way through (laughs) six minutes and 30 seconds of it yeah it's it's good shit (laughs) matt hasn't even heard it he's just gonna go along with me because he's that good of a co-host folks uh, i you know i i come to trust your musical taste i not like you half-ass it so <laughs> well thank you for that if you'd like to find the other instances where matt has complimented me i mean i'm sure it exists out there somewhere right probably fucking not i mean i don't really compliment a lot of people i'm kind of a general dick <laughs> if that does exist it should be at our main landing and launching page legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast <laughs> <laughs> 
likes me when I wasn't a dick once. <laughs> or twice, or three or four or twice. times. What, however, <laughs> see all the times where I actually had human emotions. The past 355 instances of Matt being on this show are available at legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast. I mean, that's, that, that, you got that out there, though. That was nice. That was nice. <laughs> It's kind of it's trailing off at the end, but you did it. You did it. <laughs> if Head I have strong, as Matt can attest, if I have breath, I won't shut the fuck up. That is totally true. And sometimes even when he's almost out of breath, still won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm usually saying things like "choke me, daddy," and it makes everyone uncomfortable. Yeah, then I'm sitting there staring at you, going, "Okay, were you talking to me or the photo behind me? I just need to know." <laughs> Speaking of photos that may end up behind Matt, you can check out our Instagram, cinema underscore psyops, for our thrice daily meme drops. Yes, that's awesome. You can also find those said meme drops of photos that may or may not end up behind Matt, Facebook group Cinema Psyops, and I'm available there as Court Psyops as well. I share at all of those locations, as well as a select few groups that have basically been selected by requesting that I do it or not telling me I can't. <laughs> Yeah, well, if it's not about me, I've lost interest already. So please go ahead, talk about you and other people. Uh, just let me know when it's about me again. You know, the reason that I'm making myself so available is because you've made yourself so unavailable. That's very true. I have to keep myself closed off from the rest of the world. Yeah, people that want to book you are telling me to ask you, and then I have to tell you, and then you tell me to tell them no. Listen, there's a lot of court shit, all right? Um, and not just this show, in uh, you. I meant, like, court. See, you know. Not not your name, not you, but like court court. Oh, as in the you American need one Justice of my system. You need one of my lawyers. You need I me might to need one of your maybe a few more. Okay, you mean you need me to refer to you. How many lawyers do you yeah. have? Well, none. I'm just the co-host. Oh, okay, but you're making it sound like you need a lawyer because you have court problems, and I have lawyers that I can refer to you. I need I need an S on the end of that lawyer, so I need lawyers. Okay, more than one. Yeah, I have I have plural. Yeah. All right, cool. Actually, when we're, when we're how many of those would you say you have? <laughs> Actually, let's discuss that off air, and then I can recommend Fuck. depending I upon your had him. <laughs> I almost had him. <laughs> if you'd like to tell us to stop doing this fucking lawyers bit, you can email <laughs> feedback to court court at gmail.com. But I have and to. Then not only will we mention you by name and say he's asked, they've asked us not to do it anymore. We'll do it right again later by saying, okay, we'll tell our lawyers they're all fired and all that. We're going to do the bit again. So even if you tell us not to do it anymore, we're going to do it at least one more time. While you're out there requesting that we do the lawyers bit and grateful that we still fucking do it, no matter how bad we've gotten at it, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch.
what's up? You almost caught me making farting noises into the microphone to the Skype ringtone. Booyah. <laughs> almost. Like, you almost caught me. Oh. Like, it's on It's on the recording, and it'll go into the outtakes because I'm just, you know, I don't fucking care. What, what am I going to be embarrassed about? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I'm recording now, too. One, two, three. And you saying that made me look at my recorder because I wanted to make sure that mine is actually rolling past <laughs> one second. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is. We're at like 46 right now because I started rolling right before I even started the call. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's it. Hold on one sec. Yeah. All right. I'm back. All right. So, oh, you know. Shut the door. Oh, no problem. You know that Bev's leg is injured and I may have to like pause the recording to run upstairs. And when I say pause, I mean we just stop and then I cut out the silence stuff that happens yeah. in between. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. She probably <laughs> won't need me because I've got all the stuff that she needs, pain pills and everything within arm's reach of where yeah. she's at. And I made sure she was super comfortable. But in case shit comes up, I wanted to tell you in advance we're going to have to pause to do that. Right. Take care of it. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So you're recording on your side and you did the 321 clap, right? I don't remember. Yep. Yep. I sure did. Okay. I'll take your word for it and if I have a bitch of a time syncing it up because you didn't and you lied to me I'm gonna hurt you so now you're gonna have a bitch of a time because you're hurting my feelings <laughs> I don't care if I hurt feelings how long calling have we been me a liar? no I'm just saying if you were lying to me I'm going to hurt you you calling me a liar boy <laughs> Careful, you're getting danger close to MAGA-ing at me. Oh, God, that's gross. It's true, but that's the way you were talking. Yeah, well, you know what? Fucking Trump and his ilk have ruined a lot of good things in this world. <laughs> I don't disagree. You can't, even, hey, you can't even give the okay side anymore because the fucking, fucking white power people think it sucks. <laughs> but hey, man, how's that steak? And your mouth's full? You can't do the okay symbol. Now I have to mumble with like fucking a mouthful of fucking food. You can try thumbs up. You know what? That's a good idea. Good job. All right. Now I'm not as mad about it. I've always been a more of a thumbs up fan than the OK anyway, because the OK was always the asshole game for me. Oh, uh, yeah. The asshole game. But that's upside down, right? Yeah. But that's how a lot of them try to hide it and pretend like they're just playing the asshole game. See, and that also sucks because I like the asshole game. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> because it was innocent. It was just like, hey, I made you look at a circle beneath my belt. That was it. Look, if 1940s Germany has taught us anything, it's that Nazis fucking ruin everything. It's fucking A right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good headspace. This is the last fucking Sadako only film that we have to do for this year. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> Don't thank God. Thank the fucking no. schedule. Thank the schedule. I'll thank whoever I want to thank, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you have to be quiet while I play the fucking theme. Here we go. Sakondo. Sakondo. Fuck it up even when it's fucking phonetic. <laughs> And the child does that Sudoku fucking uh, more so was actually, I believe I just recently heard it was Stanley Kubrick who somewhat came up with the whole looking over the bridge of your, you know, like tilt your head down and look up. It's supposed to make you look more inhuman. Uh, uh, it's a shot that he has perfected. I will give you that, but yeah. I don't know if he discovered it. But I, I mean, you. it's impossible to say that. How about he didn't this? It's a it. shot he used the most in a lot of his movies and uh, used the most so effectively, least, in my opinion. Yeah. So I will give yes. you that. I don't know if he, I just can't say that he created it, but he definitely Yeah, I know. Has Maybe he didn't it. create it, but how about this? He perfected it and at least brought it to the forefront of movies. Yeah, in our opinion. Our vote yeah, because we both said it in our opinion. That is yeah. that's how we feel for that. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know why that. we need all these fucking qualifications. It's like <laughs> because you know we'll get that one person who's like, fuck you guys. Kubrick was a fucking hack. Right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. In this one case, I'm saying, in my opinion, that shot is something that I feel he deserves credit for, if nothing yeah. else. It's that guilt from that feeling from that statement. That's why I bring it up, in case we didn't mention it. All right. Yeah. And that is true. I had to bring it up again regardless if we did mention it, and I'm too stoned to fucking remember. 
<laughs> Which may be the case, fucking damn Delta Eight. Well, let's 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 hurry this up so I can get my Delta Ten in my system after the show's done, <laughs> so I can go to sleep tonight. Oh, gotcha. We'll shut the fuck up. I'm sorry I have so much to say about this film. I clearly enjoyed it way more than you. <laughs> Actually, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Just the the dialogue threw me. So and I'm it trying took my enjoyment away. And my long-winded fucking stoned ass is trying to make up for that and help under the audience see, understand see, what's I, going on a little more too. I would. I would do it the same way as you're doing it, oh, but I can't because I have to read the notes or else it would turn into this. So then Sudoku comes out of the well <laughs> and uh, everything's... <laughs> would you do purposely pronounce her name Sudoku that instead of Sadako? Yeah, or did yeah you... okay. exactly. I, yeah, that was on purpose. So Sudoku comes out of the well and... Um, <laughs> I think the only things I'd let you like review like super fucking stoned would be <laughs> fucking Star Wars. You know it's, what I mean? It's only when we're... In, or when we do the live feed, the, the live commentaries, when we did that last time. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Fucking partied it up for those. So that's Yeah, yeah. We fine. partied up on that one because, God, I was fucking got high heaven out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to get the studio together to where we can do that again. Why don't we roll on and finish this up so you can get your Delta 10 on? Yeah, right. So it's, it's not a big deal. It's just, you know, really, it's just to help me sleep. So in the next 20 minutes. <laughs> sure, starts. that's why I use it. My doctor says I need it to get high. Yeah. <laughs> Is this where they do the flashback of it, or she just says it? No, no, not yet. Okay. Not yet. No, okay. no, she just says it. Yeah, I can't remember so where some of that stuff happens in the story. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's like just it, it, the final 30 minutes of this gets pretty fucking crazy. Um, yeah, a very dense uh, back but third Because of the it was film. an hour and 38, I don't even have a final 30. I have final 20s all the way through it. So, yeah, it's, or just 20s all the way through because it's almost an hour 40. So. Yeah. It, no, it's it's actually a pretty good length, though, I think, for everything that it's, they pack it's into not a, too. Not a bad length at all, but that that last 30 gets pretty well zooming. Yeah, um, a lot of story and a lot of fucking intensity all at once, which makes yeah. it a good movie. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's awesome unless you're trying to do notes. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sucks. I'll shut the fuck up and let you move on. <laughs> but, but I mean, I don't know. You can keep talking. I just say when you're trying to do notes and it's, it's the it's a catch-22 when you're doing notes for a movie, people. When it gets fast and furious, it really just tons of shit starts happening. You're really into it because you're into that usually for movies. I don't know anybody who's like, nah, slow burner all the way through. Even the end should be a slow burn. No, no fun at all. Just slow burn everything. Um, uh, they're called Ty West fans, and I happen to be them. <laughs> but when things start going, you're getting into it. But then you're also trying to, I don't want to miss anything, but you hate to pause it to do notes because it really disrupts the movie. I get like, it. At least to I me. I get it. it you fucking hate that, that I love Ari Aster so much and wish we never do any of it on the show. Fine, let's move on. <laughs> no, I'm still here. I just was letting oh. you move on. So I agree oh, with you because oh, okay. you were just agreeing with me. I was ready for you to move yeah, on. Yeah, I was just saying, all right. I, 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 all right. That's so, fine. <laughs> Better to make sure that yeah. I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like the kind of person that ended up on the brown acid at fucking Woodstock, like that kind of yeah, gone. Yeah, don't have the red, don't have the uh, brown Twizzlers, only the red ones. <laughs> Um, I don't no know what that's referencing. I don't know what that's, that's referencing. Uh, from, it was, it was a, a lame attempt at doing Wayne's World 2 when they're having that big concert and Garth is trying to stall for time. He tells everyone, and I forget what Garth's favorite food was, but uh, it was supposed to be like a licorice. And he was telling everyone not to have the bad licorice. Yeah, that's because at Woodstock, someone announces yeah. don't have the brown acid because it's giving people really bad trips. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that we're um, all over the fucking pop culture spectrum here. Like that, We're that we, fucking we, loopy. We, we, we really are. We're just, we're everywhere, man. Um, <laughs> Having a blast, though. That's all that matters. Fucking A right. 
that one kind of missed on me. Oh wait, what, whatever's happening here? What happened uh, in the what vision or vision? There was about? a vision just off, and uh, and she's she still see she's looking at the little girl. I don't think it's nothing important. We can move on. Is it? The, I know for a fact it's not. What? Go ahead. Okay. What is she? What she sees the little girl. She's just about to see the little girl now with all the other kids coming up from the water, grabbing at her to drag her down. Oh, okay. Now, something is said right before that. I really don't think it matters much. It's not something pertinent to the story because we're about to get to the most pertinent part. Yeah, I think it was just the name. Like, she calls out a name, like, for help yeah. or something like that. You, you are I correct. I think so. Yeah, I just wanted yeah. to make sure. So. It just got so... The, the, I mean, even the freaking the subtitles for it made no sense. It was just yeah. nonsensical to me. Yeah, this is all getting excised to the outtakes to show just how befuddled we got at certain points. Yes. I mean, befuddled is definitely the fucking way to say it. You're welcome for your Victorian dialogue. I know how much you yeah, love right? your old-timey words. I am befuddled. This besmirchery has me befuddled. I don't think that means what you think it means. Let's move on. that we do the lawyers bit and grateful that we still fucking do it no matter how bad we're gotten at it kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch <laughs> you know what though Jesus. there's actually a specific person that i just that that i'm referring to when i said was requesting the lawyers bit so i hope yeah, they got uh, that one. Oh, nice that's good that's good stuff because <laughs> <laughs> they've they've solely been the one that has resurrected that my man really yeah. nice yeah. All, all about the lawyers yeah and if you want credit for it and or the blame just let me know my man <laughs> <laughs> right? Jesus Christ. Let's end this shit. Stop your recording. Let's Fuck. A, all right. I am done. Me too.